Josh Cooperman, host and publisher of Convo by Design. This is the fifth installment of our special series called Legendary Conversations. These are the conversations, interviews, keynotes, and intimate gatherings from the La Cienega Design Quarter's Legends event. The La Cienega Design Quarter is one of the most influential industry trade organizations in the U.S., and the annual Legends event is a beautiful example of this. For the past decade, LCDQ has been welcoming the design community and enthusiasts alike to get out of their cars and walk the district to see the amazing and wonderful creations erected in the showroom windows. This episode features an amazing chat moderated by Pam Jacarino and featuring remarkable insights from James Magney, Nicole Fuller, and Alex Papacristidis. The conversation is a debate about maximalism versus minimalism. Pam suggested not saying quote-unquote verses because James thinks the word is a bit too combative. Now, I don't disagree with that, but I think when having a debate, especially one like this, one must take sides, or what's the point? This debate does get a bit heated at times, and I think that it should. We're at a crossroads. We are a consumer-based society. You know I'm right. At the same time, consumerism leads to waste, overproduction, and tapping out vital resources. As it relates to design, many are out there doing incredible things with a lot and with very little. Where's the line? That is the basis for this conversation that was recorded live from the Tefankian showroom on La Cienega. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. It's so great to be here at Legends. How many years a Legends? 12? This is, this is the beginning of our second decade. Wow. Okay, yeah, because Jim and I were just reminiscing that we were together that first year at Rose Tarla when it was really small. But it's always great to be here, and thanks so much for joining us at Tefinkian. So, from Alessandro Michele to Annabelle's, there's no denying that a more is more aesthetic is having a moment. Design is reconnecting to its more adventurous and decorative impulse. And yet, Axel Bravut is relevant as ever, and everyone seems to be Marie Kondoing their homes, except for me. And I have to just go on record to say, like, I don't know how I feel about her show on Netflix. I did see it once, but I felt like it was a little bit too much pressure. So, for a maximalist, for someone who collects, too much pressure. So, which is it? A thousand silk flowers affixed to your bathroom ceiling? or the simple, peaceful emptiness expressed by Japanese architect Tadao Ando. It's time for the great design debate. Minimalism or maximalism, we were just saying I should not say verses. This is what Mr. Magni just told me. Don't say verses because we're living in a time where there's too much discourse, so we're gonna embrace it all. Anyway, I'm thrilled to be here with this great, fabulous panel. And to my far left, uh-oh, someone, Teddy, Teddy can't handle it. Is he coming back? Okay, he's gonna take a little bit of a break. We need Teddy here for this discussion. <laughs> From New York, a master of stylish color, pattern, and the mix, the great Alex Papacristides. Also from New York, but she does a lot of work out here. The queen of luxurious living, all around glam designer and glam girl, Nicole Fuller. And hailing from Los Angeles, the always edited, timeless and chic, Mr. James Magney. 
So before we get into it, I wanted to have a show of hands. Um, who considers themselves to be more of a minimalist? Up, up, up with the hands. Minimalist. Really, you're a minimalist? Okay, I didn't know that. And um, who is more of a max maximalist? Oh, much more. Okay. No, you, you can like you can like both. It's okay. You do not have to. We are not. This is not going to be a divided panel because we want. <laughs> we're not going to separate anyone. We're, we want to be inclusive and loving toward everyone. So feel feel welcome. Don't be don't be afraid. Um, so for for the panelists in the age old well I shouldn't say battle, in the age old battle between the austere and the lavish. Sort of I wanted to hear sort of which side that you feel that you tend to be you know, fall more of. And, and do you also feel like you're aesthetically predisposed to be one or the other? And we'll start with you, Alex. Well, I mean, I, I love both, of course, and, and both could be beautifully done, but I'm definitely more of a maximalist because I'm a shopaholic. And <laughs> I just, you know, being a decorator, I'm out there shopping for clients all the time, and I'll, they're like, two for them, one for me. So it's just... <laughs> You know, I've turned every coat closet in the Hamptons into a dish closet. I, I mean, it's like, I, I'm, and, and I can't, you know, people say, oh, as you get older, you start to not want to buy. I, this hasn't happened for me. <laughs> so I just, I mean, I'm trying, but I don't know. I'm okay. definitely a maximalist. Got it. I, I have to agree with my New York counterpart here. <laughs> Although my husband raised his hand to be a minimalist, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Minimalist versus maximalist. Like, how are you living together? But yes. that's another panel. Yeah, that's, a, that's another panel. We'll discuss that tonight at dinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I do think, uh, you know, I lean more maximalist. I, I, you know, more is more, and it's exciting. And I know you're supposed to leave the house and edit one thing, but I have a very hard time doing that. Uh, and I just think you can also be minimal and, you know, have sort of maxim maximalist bones as well. So I think there's an interesting balance there. But if I had to lean, I lean to, to maximalism, definitely. I'm also a shopaholic. And, and I love everything. You know, people say, well, what do you love? Do you love, you know, shoes and bags? I go, yeah, I love shoes and bags. Do you love jewelry? <laughs> yeah, I love jewelry. Do you like sunglasses? Oh, I love sunglasses. What about cars? You don't like cars. I love cars. <laughs> Horses? Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, there you go. I love it all, so <laughs> what are you going to do? Magni, I don't know. I'm going to think you're a minimalist. I'm going to have you minimalist. Yeah, go. I'll just minimal. But I, I have to just say, I feel like, I feel like you're, you're these Tom Fords that you're I'm working on it. I feel like the, I feel like you brought it today with, with the, with the pants. I have to say, there's a, that's like very maximalist of you. I'm trying to uh, transition. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let, we're going to talk about both today, but let's, let's start with maximalism, and. It, I think it's sort of interesting because I think it can be considered as not being as tasteful maximalism, where like minimum is always like equated with being chic. And I want to hear what your take is on this. And was, for example, you think about Diana Vreeland, she had that red lacquered pattern, pattern debacked apartment. Was that vulgar or was that chic? Magna, you start. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, pressure's on. Uh, I mean, do you think maximalism is, do, I feel like, you know, I feel like I thought about this for the panel and I thought, God, I'd love to walk into Don Ridge with, with you. And like, I feel like you'd probably like break out in hives 
if you walk in, they're like, everything's like bedazzled, glued. There's stuff hanging everywhere. Like, does that give you hot, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was at Tony Duquette's house for a dinner one time, and I, it, it's not a comfortable visual experience for me at all. <laughs> do, and you, so do you, do you, do you find that maximalism is not as chic as minimalism? And you're like, what's your view no, on it? No, I mean, it? we worked on a 50,000 square foot, beautiful, uh, Italian, French, Mediterranean villa along six acres of oceanfront property. And it took seven years to build. It was all authentic. Everything was brought in from Europe. We went to all over Europe buying great antiques. They, they hired me. I said, why are you hiring me? And they said, we, we know that we got to a certain point where we know that we needed a restraint. So <laughs> everything was done in a very curated way. There's some very beautiful pieces, 17th, 18th century pieces. And there's some modern pieces. And that mix is really beautiful. Yeah. How do you, and Nicole and Alex, too, like, how do you, how do you think you can keep maximal, I mean, first of all, do you think that, that, that maximalism can be more sort of, you know, less chic, or is that just a misnomer? And how do you keep it sort of still being, you know, uber chic, do you think, and not going over the edge? Well, I think if you have great taste, you can, you can keep it uber chic and be very maximal about it. Um, you know, for example, it's interesting you said Annabelle's in London. Annabelle's in London is one of my favorite places to be in London, and it's over the top times a gazillion, yeah. you know? I mean, you can't even take it all in. It's, there's so much going on, but it is so fabulous and so chic, and I think, you know, the times we live in, you know, it's fun to sort of let go and, and have, have that, you know, fantastical approach to things, and I think, you know, you can take maximalism to a fantastical fantastical way or you can keep it very you know reined in and but you know over the top I mean we just did um, a dressing room and, and the, the mosaic is all white gold um, you know pattern but it's it's really white and silver you know yeah. so it's very simple it's very chic but it's gold you know the wall is gold I mean it's absolutely stunning so there is a way to do it and keep it very you know chic and I mean I feel like I love, you know, I love both, you know, and my husband as being a minimalist, you know, there is that, that thing, you know, that it's a balance, but um, I think you can absolutely do it. Alex, what is your take on, on all well, of this? Well, let's start with the Diana Vreeland conversation, okay? Yes, so please. Diana Vreeland's apartment was decorated by Billy Baldwin, who was not what I would say is a maximalist of any kind. I mean, he, he had a very sort of pure and clean aesthetic. And Diana Vreeland's personal style and the way she dressed was very austere and minimal. But she liked to live in an opulent and sort of whimsical interior, which me personally, that's the way I like to live. My home is a little bit like a laboratory for me, and I do things for myself that I probably never would dare do for a client unless it's really what they wanted. And of course, now that my our house has gotten so much publicity, people are like, oh, I want that. I'm like, well, no, it's finished for me. We don't do that. We're not using that print again. We're not, but we'll find you something else. So it's, 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 it's a complicated process. I think that, that they're both beautiful. I think well done decorating can be minimal and it can be maximal. And I think also my feeling is when you've worked with sort of high-end fabrics and a lot of quality, no matter when you're doing that, you could do it in a very simple way or a very ornate way. And good decorating should reflect the client. Yeah. And I have clients, you know, our, 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 our most recent biggest story, I was not allowed to use print. 
I, w I was given white, gold, silver, and gray. And again, there's a lot of layering and detailing because that's who I am. Yeah. But you look at it, it's a gray and white apartment, really. I'm going to jump. I'm, I'm, so that brings me to, I'm, gonna, I'm jumping out of order. It's sort of, you know, if you are asked to do something, you know, very minimal, would you get excited? Or, if, you know, if you were asked to sort of, you know, we're opening a club in Rio and we want something over the top and we're going to pay you a fortune. You know, are you going to, are you going to say, you know, you have the wrong guy? Or, or you know, how, how are you, you know, obviously, when people are hiring you, they're, they're, they're coming to you for, for sort of, you know, for what you're known for. But, but how do you feel about that? I think what Alex said earlier before we started this is there's architecture, there's interior architecture, there's interior design, and there's interior decoration. And Billy Baldwin that you brought up, you know, he said, don't call me an interior designer, I'm an interior decorator. But he also said that, you know, the architecture is always way more important than the decorating, because mm -hmm. that's just the icing on the cake. So he knew where he was and he knew what he was about. Back to the Rio uh, uh, analogy, you know, we take a very technical architectural approach. If somebody wanted to write a 20-page program with us about a discotheque in Rio that we could relate to, I think it's about the context. Mm -hmm. Are we talking about a ground-up view home in uh, LA, in Truesdale? You would never do a maximalist uh, heavy drapes with a killer view. I just, you know, it goes against the basic tenets of It has to be appropriate to, context. to, to the, in context. Aspen is a different deal. You know, wait a minute, see, like, I feel like curtains <laughs> frame a view. I like a big set of fanciful curtains through a beautiful window. Me, without curtains, I feel like, ooh, why are there no curtains? Uh, I need those curtains. But you said that you were a decorator. Yes. Correct. That's but, a decorative approach. Yes. This is an architectural interior, yes. architectural okay, got approach. You, got you, got you. So I think for their benefit, you know, what's to be learned or gleaned from this topic is how does it apply to their life? Right. And right. I think it's always assessing. Well, hopefully they're going to hire an architect and a decorator, or they already are one. Correct. Right? Right. And a lot of people don't. I mean, for example, in the state of California, you can't call yourself an interior designer unless you're licensed. I think that's, it should be that way. If I you're a decorator, anybody can be a decorator if you've got the talent. There's a good ones, there's bad ones. You know, there's good architects, there's bad architects. But I think for their benefit, as we're trying to sort this topic out, I think a lot of it goes back to the basic tenets, you know, of context. Um, if we look at all the great palaces. But, every, but, but I agree with you. I, I do think that there, that, 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 you know, you walk into a, you walk into a place, and, it, and I think if it feels good and it's well-designed, it's, it's because it's appropriate. However, every, what makes design so interesting is that everybody sees things a little bit differently. And if, if, I was, if I were hiring each of you to do the same house, you would all have a different approach. Yes. And that is what makes this industry so wonderful and makes all of you so wonderful. Um, I do want to ask about minimalism. I don't know, do we, do, well, I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask that. <laughs> no, I love him. He's, he's a good friend. Do we, do, like, is minimalism, do you think it could be a little boring? Like, you know, it's like, it's sort of like maximalism. A lot of people that are minimalists feel like maximalism is so vulgar and you can hide a million mistakes and that, you know, you're just layering that's on bad more maximalism. stuff. Yeah. That's I understand, I understand, but a lot of, a lot of purists 
would go, go into Annabelle's and just be like, oh my God, I can't look, what is going on? They would not understand or appreciate it. Yeah. And I just want to talk about minimalism and do you, you know, I mean, do you, do you think it's a little boring? I mean, I, what is, you know, what is your take on it? Yeah, I, I think, you know. Or less exciting. You know, it depends. I think if, if the architecture is really exciting and I think if, if it lays out in a way that you feel, you know, it's so minimal because you're meant to feel one with the earth and you're grounded and you're, you know, you're, 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 there's a purpose behind it, you know, in a lot of Japanese architecture yes. that is the case. Yes. And I think if it has a strong point of view and purpose behind it, I don't think it's boring at all. And Does I it have think decorating limits? Does it, you know, if you walk into this very <coughs> pure space, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna, like, don't you agree? It's gonna have decorating yes. limits? Yes, I think you have limits, but I, what, I, what I love so much in a minimal interior is bringing in, you know, an antique piece or a vintage piece or multiples of, of both. And art, I mean, art is so incredibly important and in a minimal space, art on the walls and a mattress on the floor is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. And great sheets, of course. <laughs> Uh, but I, I love that, you know, and I design that way for a lot of my clients. I think it really depends on the client, the architect, what the architecture, what the surroundings are. What the space is. What the space is, you know. We're, we're doing a place now in Costa Palmas in Mexico, and it's an island retreat, and I've, this is my third home with these clients, and their house in Bel Air is very, you know, maximalist, dramatic, opulent. Yeah. Yeah, opulent. The house in Bel Air is like a gallery, you know, mm -hmm. and it's layered and it's got pops of color and it's really exciting. And we brought in the ocean, you know, into the space. And, and the house in Mexico is really going to be very minimal. And he's, yeah. he's quite a big collector. And, and, and I'm also an art advisor, so I buy a lot of art. So it's interesting the pieces we're curating in this house, but it's about the art and it's about the architecture and, and, yeah. and the simplicity of the forms that we bring in to the space. And I yeah. think it's really exciting. I think it also depends on sort of like what kind of mood are you... Oh, no. Hello, Teddy. Someone's got to rub right under his little here. Is he sneezing or is he just... Okay, okay. Oh, he wants daddy. He's like, I have a lot to say about this subject, too. All right, Harry, sorry. I got, I'm so distracted because I love dogs so much. So do you want me to answer that question? Yes, of course. Okay. We want to hear So I think a minimalist say. interior is beautiful, and I'm happy to go visit one, but I do not want to live in one. And I guess it's, it's, it's for me, it's beautiful. And if it's your taste, I think it's great. And I think that's what's wonderful in the world, that everybody has different tastes and can live in different ways. And I also think it's a wonderful expression of somebody's personality. I think a minimalist interior reflects a bit of the personality of the person who wants to live there. I'm the kind of person, if, you know, I, the more the merrier. I want tons of extra seating to pull around each coffee table. I have tons of miniature chairs everywhere. I encourage my clients to live in their houses and to entertain and to, that, that a house has to be very flexible. Yeah. And that kind of layering of furniture, it, it, it creates a different kind of atmosphere for me than a minimal interior. Even though, truthfully, a minimal interior can be beautiful. Do you think it's, it's more relaxing to be in the decorative space? Like with the, I find it cozier. Cozier. Okay, right. and yeah. I'm, right. I love 
coziness. And right. I love that, I also love sort of, you know, many of my clients, we create it for them. We create that atmosphere of traveled and collecting. And their houses look when they moved in as if they've been collecting things for many years. I like that feeling, especially in my own house, because like everything has a story. Yeah. You know, we were in Paris when we bought that. We were, you know, we were, I carried that home on the plane from London and, you know, just everything has a, so it's, 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 it's a layered life for me. Yes. And that's what I like about it. It feels very homey and personal. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like cozy versus maybe a little like what can be construed as cold. Right? Do you feel like um, a minimalist interior is is harder to pull off? Do you, no, 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 no. Because I think of, it is. You know, in I mean, certain obviously, ways. with in like, certain with, ways, I mean, it's with, like editing. You know, well, it, it, with in construction, certain ways, it definitely but, is. But, but good maximalism is hard to pull off too. Yeah, I was it's wondering about too. that. What you think about that? Because I mean, if you think about architecture and construction, if if yeah. you're taking it down to a very pure form, it's often you know you cannot hide any mistakes in that. So I don't know how you how you feel about that. Do you think it's? I think one of your other questions ties into this. You asked about our most favorite space to be in, and there's a great space in Kyoto that a lot of you probably know about. It's a very famous dry rock garden, Rionji, and it's all about subtraction and everything that's been placed there is intentional. And then you sit on this loggia, which used to be a monastery, and it's a very spiritual space and. There's really very little to look at. There's five rocks. And I mean, I think it goes along with sort of a inward, um, meditative, spiritual yeah. nature. In my house, I have a small 2,200 square foot mid-century. But when you walk in, there's a hanging Tomas Saracino that's you know three-dimensional. It's very dramatic. A Kehendi Wiley that's huge. That um, you know is maximalist. It's, I mean, that's the art. That's a, it's all about the art, and it, it has been for 35 years. We were talking about this. That uh, I use a consultant, Michael Thomas, who you know, who's brilliant. He was the guy that was bringing people Ed Rocher in 1970, and they were bitching about spending 80 grand, and then they <laughs> sold it for five million. So he's the guy that's got you know. He's one of those very few people. Mary Boone was like that in the 70s. You do your own consulting uh, for your art, but. For us, it's a lot of it. It's about the art. I don't notice or care. I mean, we have a furniture line. Uh, there's, I think there's three pieces of Magni Home Collection in my house. The rest of it is about the art. Joel Morrison, and I move it around. You get bored, move your art around. Because Michael said to me, art changes your life. And I thought, oh, that's a little dramatic. As I've gone through this 30 years, art does change your life. And for you, um, you know, and for your aesthetic and vibe, do you feel as though the minimalist environment makes the art sing more? Absolutely. Yeah. It, there's, it doesn't compete. It sets it up. We, we create thresholds for it. There's I don't no, agree. There's no, drapes, there's no drapes hanging around it. I don't agree. I think, I'm sorry, I don't Did agree. Did I tee you up? I don't agree. You I totally it. teed me it's up. It's awesome. All I are think welcome, when I you. look at history, you didn't see a Peter Paul Rubens on a white wall. You didn't see a, a Picasso rarely was on a white wall. And if it was on a white wall, there was an 18th century French chair next to it. Yeah. And there were, you know, that, to me, art has become this incredibly important focus in the world. And I don't feel that way. I feel art no matter what it is, no matter how expensive it is, it should be put into an interior. Because a house 
has many components. Art is one of them. It's very important, but the world has made art into, because it's business and because it's expensive and people like to show it off, but truthfully, that's not what it's supposed to be to me. I have a, my clients are big art collectors, and he said, okay, I wanna get rid of all our antique furniture and I wanna to go to minim minimalism. And I said, okay, we, we, we'll, we'll do that, but we're gonna go to minimalism as the best of the 20th century designers. It's not gonna be, you can't have expensive art and cheap furniture. You can't no, have, no, no. It, it doesn't make sense, unless you're in a gallery. To me, it's about the quality of everything in the room should be similar. Mm -hmm. There can be, but I'm not saying you can't have a $20 wastebasket that you found in, you know, on a trip somewhere made out of wicker that's chic and divine. Mm -hmm. It's not about money, but it's about the level of quality. And if you have contemporary art, you need to balance it with beautiful contemporary furniture, which exists. Mm -hmm. There's everything out there today, but I think it's very important. It's good you're in the middle. I was just going to say, <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> I said it's very apropos that I'm sitting in the middle. <laughs> uh, yes, I agree. I think that, you know, our art is so important to me. I mean, I grew up in New York and in the art world with the Schnabels. And, you know, my mother was an artist, a painter, a sculptor. I mean, she could do everything with her hands. So for me, it was sort of the initial driving force for interiors. And I think art can live in any space. You know, I've hung it gallery style, you know, in a maximal interior and in a very minimal interior. And I've also, you know, done contemporary pieces mixed in with classic furniture and, and traditional pieces as well. And I think that's the beauty is there really are no rules. And I think anyone with a keen eye and a sensibility to taste, yeah. essentially, um, can layer all of it in together in either, in either, you know, space, whether it be minimal or maximal. Um, so let's talk about spaces, right? If you could spend an afternoon in any personally inspiring minimalist or maximalist space, what would it be and, and, and why? I, I told you mine is a Zen temple in Kyoto. It's heavenly, very, very peaceful. Peaceful. Go, you go. <laughs> I Minim have mine. Minimalist I would be Jean-Michel Franck. Okay. Okay, so that's again, good. that's, to me, that is as minimal as I will ever get. And it's about texture and detail and quality, and, and it's still inviting and decorated. Yes. But it's minimal. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm, good. I'm glad that you're, you're coming forth with a minimal Jean-Michel Franck. Minimal-ish. <laughs> Minimal-ish. <laughs> it's still very decorated. Yes. Really. I mean, every surface is treated. Nicole? Well, I have mine. I mean, you want me to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah go. I have two because I have to like, I you know, have two, I can't two. like get in trouble with the panelists or the audience. <laughs> so on, on the maximalist space, and I was there last year and it's just so great, is 5 Hertford Street, you know, oh. done by uh, Rifat Ozbak. Ozbak, sorry. Mm -hmm. And then on the other, because I just like, it's just there's so it's much beautiful. to see. You go up the stairs. I mean, it's just, you want to die. It's yeah. just all decorated and beautiful and I love all that stuff. And then um, the Wabi House done by Tadao Ando because it's so, in Mexico, so peaceful. It's like an artist retreat. Yeah. You have the ocean. It's, it's beautiful. And that level of minimalism and peace, I think I really respond to. So I could sort of 
do a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Are we supposed to pick both? You could. <laughs> what's your maximalist? Yeah, what's you your maximalist? maximalist? Don Rig. No, <laughs> what's your real maximalist? What's your maximalist? I, you have to go somewhere for the afternoon. I was thinking about Michelangelo and Rothko. You know, oh. which one's better? Well, oh. You know, they're both oh, amazing. Oh. Yeah. And the first time you see the Sistine Chapel, um, you know, in that space, it's, it's overwhelming. And it's maximalist, I'd say. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love that place. That's interesting. That's, I like that, too. Those two. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I agree with you on Hartford Street in, in London. I think that's a really special space. And you Also, the people watching is, like, to die for. It's to right? die for. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that would be my one of my choices as well, and or Annabelle's. Um, at London, I lived there for a long time, so I feel, you know, a connection. Um, and and, and a minimal, I, I, you know, I would say um, a John Lautner house on the beach um, because that's, he's one of my favorites. And I, I love the way, again, he brought in the outdoors into, you know, the interior and it all becomes one and you feel very grounded. So I think that would probably be my first. Okay. Yeah. Alex, let's hear your Maximalist, maximalist. Versailles. Yeah. Oh. Now that's my kind of decorator. Oh. I'd be very, very happy in an 18th century. I get you like towers of cupcakes, and sprink, you know, all sorts of crazy things. Um, what other questions do I have? I know I don't have time for the audience, and I have to ask you guys the in, my inside the designer studio questions. Um, so last question on, on this subject, unless there's something else that you guys want to talk about. Do you, can maximalism and minimalism happily coexist in a home? And how do you, how do you do it right? How do you do it right? Absolutely. I think if we look at like Vicente Wolf is a good example. Kelef Elaton, if anybody remembers his work, he was stunning. You know, he, his backgrounds were stunning, and then he brought in pieces from everywhere. I mean, I have, you know, we all have pieces from Africa or Art Deco that we've collected along the way, and they can, they can be beautiful. But those two, Kalef and, um, and Vincente Wolf, I think, do it really beautifully. Yeah. I, I absolutely think they can coexist. I think, you know, what's so interesting is it, it comes in with finishes and, and with pieces, and, you know, I travel a lot, and I think when you travel and you layer in, even in a minimal interior, if you have very rich finishes, it becomes yeah. a more maximal, so I think, they, they live beautifully together. I mean, I, I really do work on both sides. I didn't, you know, I by chance happened to sit in the middle of these two, but, <laughs> but I think I'm really quite in the middle. I know, you know. I, know. I, I debated when we were, we know when I was speaking to you, I'm like, I want, where does Nicole fit? And I, yeah. and I felt like you were sort of a little bit of both. Yeah, I really sure. am a little bit of both. I think that, you know, uh, I can go, I can lean very far either way, but I think on a day-to-day -day basis, I, and it depends on the architecture, I'm really sort of in, in the middle. I thought of another question, sorry. So, <laughs> but like, you know, I think what's also interesting and what we didn't really discuss too is why is, why is maximalism happening? I mean, people are very, it is a fact that people are much more into decorative pattern and color and why do we why do we feel that that right I mean you maybe have always lived with that but I think that more and more people are are responding to that and I wonder why that because why they're that sick is. of beige interiors yeah. I mean yeah it's I just actually, a change I actually researched this and if you research this and google this very question the words Donald Trump come up oh. <laughs> 
serious. Google it right now. Okay, well, that's a vulgar. Analogy. He's a maximalist. He's a maximalist. But he has garish taste. That's ma- maximalism. And he's making a lot of people billionaires, and if you don't know what you're doing, more is more Wait. to them. Oh, is that what you think? But I don't, you know but I don't think that. I, I, I don't think what? that's I, I, what you're I, seeing in magazines. I don't think that. No, you know, I don't think. I think people just want it. I think that there is. It's a change in fashion. It's a change it, in fashion. And that will always happen. It'll I agree always with you. happen. It's people a get in sick fashion. of neutral. They want color. People get sick of color. They want neutral. It's just a change, and uh, it's also a way of. Selling different products sure. and, and making people redecorate well, entire of their interior. Well, I also think interiors. like mid-century modern sort of of like had a long run. I really do believe like, sorry, I love mid-century modern, but as a design editor, right? And there, there's Lisa do it. It's like <laughs> if we hear that one more time, we'll see another. It's it's just it's had a long run, and I do think we're living at a time right. There's sort of just ebbs and flows, and I think we're just at a time where people. Yeah. Are, are you know wanting to express themselves a little bit more? I don't know. And I, and I think people are, are are accepting more pattern on pattern. Yes. Textures, you know, it's different more adventure. things. Yeah. Right. I also think it's to... about travel. I think people travel. are traveling, yeah, travel. and I think people want to bring that travel home. Mm-hmm. And there's that whole you know grand bohemian thing that's going mm-hmm. on. But again, it's a fashion, and it'll change again. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for forty years. I, I remember when Black and Gold and Biedermeier was everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody here is old enough to remember, I remember that. that. I remember Biedermeier that. was everything. Now, it was chic. It was beautiful. It it's was. Not, still chic. I think Biedermeier mixed in is beautiful. But yeah. it became, like you said, it was, everything was mid-century. Everything was Biedermeier. And then there was this Art Deco phase. And you had to go really, and, and as a result, now there's, it's very difficult to get great Art Deco in Paris. You have to really go to the fine shops. So mid-century has run its course. The pendulum is swinging. And, but that's trend. Yeah, know. which we shouldn't have in our homes. I also think yeah. we live in a world now where I think people, just like in fashion, I think people express themselves in their own way. And I don't think one fashion I agree. dictates. I if, agree with if, you. If, if, if there's not just short skirts or long skirts. There's everything. There's not just caftans and pencil dresses. There's everything. I agree. So turbans. I think that we live in a world. <laughs> there will be turbans. There will always be turbans. I think yeah. we live in a world where, and I think Someone that's the great thing that. about the three of us. We're all different, and I think that that's what's great. I, we live in a world where there are choices, and people don't all have to have the same style. I agree. It's the way it should be. It's self-expression is in, and and people are, you know, every everything goes. I think we're living in a time, and it's and it's liberating. Yeah, and, it is and liberating. it should be an expression. Your home, as your clothes, should be an expression of your personal style. And whether we like it or not, that's not about that. It's about that you're expressing yourself in your own way. Yeah. And I think the time we live in now with Instagram and Pinterest and the internet, I think people are feeling more comfortable with trying to pull, you know, what they love. And, 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 you know, I have a lot of clients that are like, you know, I I already have three mood boards to show you, you know, which I love. I welcome because certain people don't know how to visualize or explain what they're thinking visually on, you know, in a conversation or on a piece of paper. So I can see it in two seconds in an image, what what they're pulling, whether it's fashion or... So I think it's, it is liberating. I yeah. think it's an exciting time. I think we're, we're living in a time where vi- the visual is like, obviously, right in front of us on our feeds every day. Okay, before we open it up for questions, of course, I, I, um, I don't know if I'm famous for this, but I always love to do the sort of fun inside the designer studio questions. And so here we go. And we'll, we'll, go, we'll start with Alex and go over. Alex, 
What is your favorite word? Glamorous. Nicole? Chic. <laughs> Choose. Okay. Alex, what is your least favorite word? Classy. <laughs> Nicole? Oh my gosh, my least favorite word is uh, budget. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a big budget. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> With lots of dollar signs. As long signs. as it has the word big in front of it, it's exactly. fine. Exactly. <laughs> <Or> Unlimited. <no> <laughs> Unlimited. Uh, chaos. Alex and, and the rest. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? beauty in all forms uh, yes beauty in all forms and people and and life and just experiences yeah well I think spiritually there's there's three elements to that question to go inward someplace whether that's a three-day retreat or a two-week two-week retreat or or just going in for five minutes into meditation so that mindfulness um, that that's a spiritual path the other part is really just to be open to receiving love from family and friends, which I think takes us a while to evolve to. Indeed. Alex, what turns you off? Vulgarity. Nicole? Uh, Close-minded. Close Someone who is closed-minded and not willing to experience or you know, be reintroduced to something exciting and new. I think someone who's trying so hard to be something that they're not. It's so much more appealing to be your authentic self. 100%. Okay, back again. Alex, what is your favorite curse word? <laughs> so, I, 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 again, I, I can't stand cursing, and I really try not to. So, there used to be this great Japanese store in New York called Takoshimaya. Yes. So I turned it into a curse word, and I will say, Takoshimaya. And I really only curse with my trainer because he tortures me. <laughs> so I say to him, Takashimaya a lot. <laughs> it's like, do 10 burpees, Takashimaya. I'm gonna try that, that's a good one. That's really funny. Nicole? <laughs> Minutes feel like days when you're working out. Uh, mine is, you know, I, I, I love the word. I lived in London for a long time, so I sound terrible saying it because it's so much chicer when a Brit says it, but bollocks or bloody hell. I say it all the time, and it just doesn't sound that cool, but I love it. <laughs> well, opposite from Alex, shocking, it's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what sound or noise do you love? I'm not so sound or noise oriented. I really, I have a, I guess music, but that seems cliche. The I little bell on Teddy when he comes oh, and well, greets that you. That I miss when I travel. Okay. That's something, a sound I miss. When he's not with me in, in London or something and I don't hear the clank of the collar, yes. But, you know, I'm, I, sound is I probably the least important of the senses to me. Okay, interesting. Nicole? Instinctually, when you asked the question, I thought of cicadas, the sound of cicadas, because it feels like summer and, and rebirth, and I love that. For me, it's, 
Uh, falling water, specifically if it's gently falling water. <laughs> gently. <laughs> As opposed to like gushing waves. <laughs> Okay, three more questions, then we'll open it up to the audience. Alex, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I, I, so, I, I mean, I know it sounds goofy, but I love Instagram. And so on my Instagram, I've started to take pictures. I do all my own Instagram. And I have this, I'm dying to take photography classes. Oh. I find it a visual that is so... Because when I decorate, I look at each wall as a vignette, and I look at the room from different angles. And how, how is that furniture going to look with the furniture behind it? How are the paintings going to look from every angle? So photography has that in it, and I love that about it. So photography, it's my next career. Okay. We'll be watching your Instagram. <laughs> Nicole? Oh, if, if I could do anything else, which I definitely wouldn't be able to do this because I have the worst voice on the planet, is to be a singer. A rock star. To be a rock star. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not to be like I a, don't mind that either. A combination of Barbara and Gaga <laughs> and a little of Stevie and play every instrument and, you know, perform. Yeah. Okay, we'll buy tickets to your first show. I promise you. Magni? I started out as a sculptor, and I would like to go back to sculpture. I didn't know that about you. We've mm -hmm. never discussed that in all the time I was an I've art major. You. I knew that from year age five, did sculpture, and then moved into architecture, which is oh. kind of big, big sculpture. Well, thank you, panelists. I'm glad that it was a peaceful debate. <laughs> this was another legendary conversation from Legends 2019. Thank you for listening to this episode of Convo by Design's Legendary Conversations. If not already, please subscribe to the show anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. You can also check out videos from some of your favorite conversations on our YouTube channel, as well as the Convo by Design Instagram feed. Search Convo by Design with an X. Thank you to Marmashagian. LCDQ president and longtime friend of the show, Patrick Dragonette. Special thanks to the amazing LCDQ showroom owners uh, and managers, and of course you, because without you listening, there is no convo by design. So thank you. Until next week, keep creating. <laughs>